Okay, this is Gary Parrish again from CBSSports.com. Again, let me welcome you to the Ion College Basketball Podcast again, which is now, of course, brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio for a free trial. 10% off. Go to Squarespace.com slash CBSSports. Use the offer code FUN. That's FUN at Squarespace.com slash CBSSports. All right, let's get into it. It's the Monday after Selection Sunday, what a day yesterday was. I'm joined, of course, by Matt Norlander and Jeff Borzello. Fellas, how are you on? Is it actually St. Patrick's Day today? It is St. So. Patrick's Day. Yeah, that's the rumor, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm so off on this stuff. It seemed like St. Patrick's Day used to be like a day, and now it seems like... And then I looked up on Saturday. Right, yeah. I can't remember where I was. on. I can't remember where I've been like really for the past two weeks. But there was one point where I looked up, and it was like... People were out celebrating St. Patrick's Day, and I was like, oh, cool, St. Patrick's Day is today. I didn't even realize that. And then I woke up this morning, and people were like, happy St. Patrick's Day. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, like yeah, take no. one day and then end it, yeah. Yeah, let's yeah. pick a day. Can we pick a day? Can, let's just, just pick-, pick a day and end it. Well, yeah, I mean, it falls on uh, March 17th every year. But I was with you. I was okay. actually on the subway Saturday going to the A-10 and uh look at norlander look at there were loads packed with green people there were loads of loaded bonnie's fans there all dressed in bonnie's gear and and st patrick's stuff and for a minute there i thought too that it was st patrick's day but then i quickly realized that uh bonnie's and uh and they were terrific so yeah it it is st patrick's day we had a a pretty great uh conference tournament week today is always um in terms of podcasts Oh, yeah. Hey, thank you. Know, hey, you, hey, hey, you sound like somebody who's hosted a podcast before. I, I do, don't I? <laughs> well, the, um, this this day is always so amazing, and yesterday is so great. It always goes by so fast. And, uh, you know, we just had like a really, really good week of, of conference tournaments, but now it's just in the moment they they mean so much but now uh pretty much meaningless except for with certain teams that played well um i think it's going to impact perception on how teams are going to do um i know we're going to get into plenty and gp you can guide the ship here but just for example uh i'm interested to see if wichita state having not played in more than a week it'll basically be a week and a half if that will affect how people will see them harvard has had a long layoff but then you have teams like like michigan state a four seed is the most popular pick to come out of that region uh and i i would think now i haven't looked gp maybe you know but i don't know if there's ever been a four seed that's actually been a favorite to come out of a region but i, I think that is the safer bet than virginia oh well, let, let me let me stop you there i i don't know if there's a, if that's ever been the case um but i it's the case it's the case now Twice, twice, yeah. Michigan yeah, with, State yeah, and Louisville, with Louisville. And, and yep. Louisville. Yeah, it's crazy. Love yeah, it. Yeah, and I, I always, um, I, I think we've been talking about this for a while about how um, the seeding was going to be. There's just not much difference between a lot of these teams, and and I actually wrote a column about it a couple of a weeks ago. I think when the bracket comes out, uh, you see that because Michigan State is an obvious. Um, uh, Las Vegas pick there, somewhat because they're healthy, somewhat because of the way they played in the Big Ten tournament. Louisville, with the way they've played down the stretch um, and and their computer numbers being really, really strong, makes them technically the favorite in a loaded Midwest uh, regional. Let's start real quick with the number one seeds and go through them. Florida, of course, that's no surprise. Number one overall seed. Arizona being a, a number one seed in the West, no surprise. Wichita State being a number one seed in the Midwest, no surprise. Virginia as the one seed in the East. Porzello, were you surprised by that? 
I was, and, and you know, it's just because it's, even now, you know, even with Michigan losing in the Big Ten title game, I still think their resume is better than Virginia, even though Virginia won the regular season title and the conference tournament title in the ACC. We saw last year with Miami that doesn't guarantee a one seed. I think Michigan's was stronger. And, you know, the committee chair and Dan Gavin both said if Michigan had won the Big Ten title yeah. game, they would have been the number one seed. So, you know, I mean, I get where they're coming from with Virginia. I mean, it's, it's hard to really argue against a team that wins the ACC regular season title and conference tournament title against Syracuse and Duke and, and teams like that. But still, I mean, on paper, I think Michigan's resume is better, even if I think Virginia's a better team. I'm on board with you completely there. By the way, we got the bracket. I was at the uh, TNT studios down in Atlanta, and we got the bracket probably, it's the earliest I've ever seen it, which was about four, it was probably, we had it probably 50 minutes before the selection oh, wow. show actually nice. started. Right. And so it's really cool. You're like, you're like looking at this thing that, um, you know, mil- literally millions of people are waiting to see it. You've got it right there. And um, I, like I'm looking at it right now because I still have the bracket that they handed me. It says um, if Michigan State wins on it. So it was very much a contingency bracket yeah. that they sent us. Base- and at this point, Michigan State was up pretty comfortably against Michigan. And so um, there is no – like they're not lying. This this The bracket – was contingent on Michigan State beating Michigan, and obviously they they subsequently, um, you know, made it clear that had Michigan won, they had an entirely different bracket uh, that would have been submitted, and Michigan would have been the number one overall seed. Borzello, I'm with you though. Michigan to me has the better resume still. Period. If you line them up right now, side by side, Michigan still has the better resume. I'm not going to argue against Virginia because right. because I think there's something to be said for winning both of those. But I did find it interesting that suddenly people were changing their tune about Virginia late yesterday when in rea- yeah. when in reality and- nothing happened that you could not have predicted to happen 24 hours earlier. In other words, if you were se- all I heard Saturday night were people talking about an early Sunday. If Michigan wins, they're the number one, fourth number one seed, obviously. If Michigan loses, I still think they're the fourth number one seed. And then suddenly, about the same time I start getting my hands on the bracket, people start going, oh, well, now it's Virginia. Well, why is it Virginia now? Like, what happened like, that you couldn't have thought about yesterday? In fact, like, why yesterday did you not just say, if Michigan wins then I think Michigan's the fourth number one seed. But if right. Michigan loses and Virginia beats Duke, then I think Virginia will be the fourth number one seed. It, I just found it interesting that nobody really started saying that until about the times I had my hand on the bracket, if you know what I mean. I, I think I kind of follow what you're going with there. Um, you, can't just, was, you can't change your logic an hour, an hour before the selection I show. I, I, I totally hear you. Um, real quick, GP, before we like get into the, the games we like and, and other some seating stuff, um, can you uh, just explain to us? I can, to us I, can, I can explain anything. Explain, um, you know, what it was like to, you know, you texted us, I guess, five minutes before the selection show. Uh, I can't believe this bracket, Wichita State, Kentucky, possibly in the second round. But when when they are you basically sitting at the studio desk with Barkley and Kenny Smith and Ernie Johnson, they hand you the sheet and then you're kind of looking it over and you guys are talking back and forth. What was that experience yeah, like? Uh, it, first off, those guys could not have been nicer. You know, you never know. You know, that that is the set you want to be on. Like when people talk about with all due respect to all of my friends who do this type of stuff, you know, uh, five days a week or however many days a week, like it's their primary job, when you ask, like, just go look at all the awards that are given out every year. You know, that that show, um, that TNT show with Ernie and Charles and Kenny. By the way, I call him Chuck now. Uh, oh, naturally. With Ernie and Kenny and Chuck. 
Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, that's the one everybody says is the best, right? So to suddenly be sitting in a chair next to those guys is a pretty uh, cool experience. You're, you know, it, it could also be an overwhelming experience, you know, because they're so comfortable with each other. They've been doing, you know, that together for many, many, many right. years. And then suddenly, not only are you, 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 you sitting down next to them, but you're sitting down next to them sort of, you know, you, not only have you never worked with them, uh, you you really don't know them. I've met Charles before. I'd met Kenny before. I don't know either one of them, and I I had never met Ernie, but they could not have been more welcoming to me and more kind. And so when I got in early yesterday, Ernie was already there, and I spent a a lot of time with him, like in his office and just sort of hanging out, and it like could not uh, everything you hear about Ernie Johnson in advance. You know, I talk to people who know him and. And, and they're like, Ernie's the best. That's what I, I bet. I bet that was the quote. Like, that should be on his tombstone someday. Ernie's the best. That's what you heard from everybody you talked to about Ernie John. Ernie's the best. And uh, he lived up to that reputation. Just a kind, um, considerate, thoughtful guy. And then, and then Kenny and Charles got there later. And yes, they were, they were the best. And it was exactly as you described. We're sitting around um, with a bunch of production people. And they, they hand us the brackets. And we start getting notes together. Uh, actually, I start getting notes together. Ernie's getting notes together. Charles and Kenny just sort of work off the cuff for the most part, and yeah. because, because they're good like that, and and nobody expects anything other than them to just be themselves. And so, um, there's a, a level of comfort uh, there with them. But yeah, then it just becomes us talking about the bracket. And the the one thing that Charles was irate about, um, you know, Wichita State. No, he's, rate, he's, no, no, he's got nothing. He got nothing but good things to say about Wichita State. No, but I thought. Oh, he the was, bracket. I was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought he was ticked. Yeah. I yeah. thought he was ticked at how Wichita yes, State was. Placed. Yes, 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 yes. That, but mostly Louisville. Like, how is Louisville a four seed? So I'll ask you, Norlander. How is Louisville a four seed? Um, because they had now. This was one where Palm was. Uh, I he was on the right track, our Jerry Palm, because he he had a, a great way of describing. He said it was a donut schedule, and basically what that mean was. You know, they had a nice uh, batch of, of top 25 performances, and then they had a whole lot of crap outside the top 100. But that middle part, there wasn't really m- I think the committee, while it recognized that this was a hot team, had also beaten up on a relatively weak non-conference schedule. But by the way, it had, it had just pounded those guys in the sand for the most part. Louisville doesn't feel like a four to me. It feels like a, a really strong, worthy two, to be honest. But when you take the numbers into account, I see that that is going to be an interesting region overall. Um, and by the way, that matchup from the writers, you know, it was funny when as I'm watching the the brackets come out, I don't know if any game other than the potential Wichita State Kentucky had more immediate reaction. It was from all writers as Patino versus Massiello. For those listening, Steve Massiello actually was a ball boy for Patino with the Knicks in the eighties and then went on to play for Kentucky. He originally wasn't going to do that. And Patino convinced him to, uh, to, go down there and and work his way onto the team basically so he was part of those kentucky teams in the 90s under patino then was an assistant uh with patino at louisville eventually got the manhattan job so they have to play each other i'm sure they're they absolutely detest this by the way i mean that's not fun for either of those guys i mean it's nice for us it's a good storyline but uh but rick's got to be sick to his stomach that he's got a coach against uh, a protege of his in the ncaa tournament so i don't think louisville should be a four but i am intrigued by that matchup and by the way i think Louisville's going to win that one, but I actually think Massiello's team will keep it relatively close. I think that's going to be a really good game. Yeah, now uh, Rick's Rick's sort of cold blooded. Like he can, so I think he like he schedules his son and beats him by twenty. Like he, you know, he can. That, say, okay, that's a that's yeah. a fair point. But, but, he's, he's got like he's got like a thousand proteges. Like his coaching <laughs> right. tree is enormous. He can't he can't I really okay. avoid it. I don't. I, but here's okay. what I would say. Right. I, no, 
here's what I would say. Yeah, like because there's only two outcomes to that game. Either you you beat um, you know somebody who's obviously close to you and prevent him from getting his first NCAA tournament win, and maybe that next you know one point five million dollar job, or he beats you. At which point, that's obviously not good. And so um, it is one of those situations where it's not. You probably can't enjoy a win the way you you would otherwise enjoy a, a win. Uh, and Matt, it, it is it, I, that jumped off the page at me when I saw it. You know, be, like. I think we've all known Mazziello for a long, long time since he was at Louisville with Rick. And so um, the reason a lot of the writers um, reacted to that matchup, I, I think, is because, you know, every, everybody knows Maz. Like, it, not everybody knows coaches from his league, but everybody knows Steve Mazziello because of where he was before he got to Manhattan. So, um, yes, that was something I, I noticed right off the start. Let's get back to uh, Virginia for a second. Um, I don't have any issue with giving Virginia a one seed based off a very simple criteria, which is, yo, they're the ACC regular season champs by multiple games. They won the ACC tournament beating Duke in the championship game in the state of North Carolina. If this were Duke, and this is a point Charles made yesterday, if Duke had both the regular season title and the, and the tournament title, nobody, it would be like done. Nobody would have even been debating it. Carolina, same way. So treat Virginia the same way. If that's your argument, I'm down with it. As long as the logic is consistent across the board, and I think with Louisville, it's just not. How can you say we're not worried about Virginia's lack of top 50 wins because they only had five? We're not worried uh, about Virginia's lack of top 50 wins because they won the ACC regular season title and won the ACC tournament title. But suddenly, when you're asked why is Louisville a four seed, you say, well, they only had five top 50 wins. Like that, well, they won their conference championship yeah. and they won their conference tournament. Why? Why do you hold Louisville to a different standard that you than you hold for the the, com- the committee seemed to really not like the AAC yeah, or or that highly. Yeah, I mean, like like UConn could have been a five, like Cincinnati could have been a four, Louisville could have been a three or a two, SMU could have been, and like it, I mean, Memphis I, I thought probably was a good fit for the eight nine game, but like I, I mean, I, I the, a lot of those teams in the AAC played terrible non conference schedules. The gap between the top five and bottom five, I think, was a huge factor in bringing down the overall strength of schedule so it, I mean that, that that was one of the things that jumped off the page is that how uh you know how little I guess they thought of the AAC this year I I, I, that, I I think that's pretty that's pretty clear like and in fact I actually asked Ron Wellman on the show how much the bottom half of, and this is something we had talked about before on the podcast of the American hurt the top half and he acknowledged that it did and, and I get all that like I'm fine with you I don't care what the logic is because I think you can reasonably argue it either way you can say listen Louisville has been dominating people their computer numbers are great. They won the regular season title and the tournament title. Um, so we're going to give them a one seed or a two seed. And I'd go, okay, as long as you apply that same logic to Virginia. I guess here's my point. Uh, the logic applied to Virginia was not applied to Louisville and vice versa. And that doesn't make any sense to me. I, I agree. Uh, real quick thing here. So with, uh, I'm not shocked by Memphis in the eight when you consider Louisville's the four and Memphis swept Louisville. So I think that adds up. Real quick, GP, from your perspective on Memphis, just a quick one. I mean, Passner, five years now. First year didn't make it. Then he was a 12, then an eight. Last year, a six, and now an eight. Um, he's getting to the tournament, which people obviously demand and, and expect there. Uh, but with these seedings and what he's done, uh, is Memphis unsatisfied at this moment right now? Oh yeah, they're always unsatisfied. Okay, just I, uh, I just want uh, they're always pissed off. Uh, uh, you know, but yeah, I mean, listen, when you start the season in the top 20 and you end up as an 8 seed, that that means by definition you didn't do, you know, what you were supposed to do. Now, I, I think 
you know, if, if I were arguing in favor of Josh, I would tell you that, you know, Memphis is one of, I think, nine teams that have been ranked in the AP Top 25 every single um, week this season. Only nine have done it. That Memphis is one of them. And the idea that Memphis should go to NCAA tournament to be ranked in the top 25, like that that's, uh, to use Josh's word, birthright, is a little bit of revisionist history. I mean, the truth is that really started this Memphis brand that you see now. It really started in the last four years of John Calipari. It was not the Larry Finch era. It wasn't the Dana Kirk era. It wasn't the Gene Bartow era. There have all, there's been nice moments, uh, but none of those coaches were consistently as good as what Josh has been at Memphis. The problem, of course, is that Josh isn't John Calipari. And so if he loses on Friday to GW, yeah, there'll be... I, I could... On my radio show in Memphis, I, I don't take calls. I, re, I maybe take calls once every two weeks. I just don't get involved in it um, for a variety of reasons. It doesn't matter. We don't need to talk about it here. But um, if I were to take calls on Monday after a Memphis loss to GW and, and put the question this way, if Fred Smith at FedEx was willing to buy Josh Pastner out of his contract, A, would you do it? And B, who would you hire? And 95% of the people who called in would say, yes, do it, and be hired Bruce Pearl. Bruce Pearl, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so, like, whatever. But I, I imagine that's – I imagine in, in Indiana right now people are saying the same thing about Tom Crean. So uh, that's just yeah, – that's, that, yeah. that's part of being the coach at Memphis. If it hasn't always been, uh, it is now. Let's talk bubble teams for a minute. Uh, one that got in was BYU, which is inexplicable to me. I, I, um, I recognize that the committee has a hard job. I recognize that – you know, two intelligent, reasonable humans could look at the same bit of information and conclude different things. Uh, but I cannot make sense of BYU, A, being in the tournament, B, being a 10 seed. Their resume, uh, three top 50 wins, five losses outside of the top 50, four losses outside of the top 125, and that is with Kyle Collinsworth. They were a bubble team at best with their second best player, uh, an ACL that wasn't damaged. Now he's out for the year. How could you possibly conclude that BYU deserves a 10 seed? If you put their resume right next to Tennessee's right now, Tennessee's is clearly better. It's not even close. As long as you don't focus on A, actual RPI number, and B, actual non-conference strength of schedule number, which I hate because it can be manipulated or at the very least misleading. The idea that you could get BYU at a 10 seed, is, I, that is the, to me, that's the one glaring I don't understand it. I, I think they deserve to be in, and if, to me, when you compare them to Tennessee right now, I don't see that Tennessee is that much better. Um, okay, let's try, let's, let's, okay three, th BYU, best wins. Three top 50, Gonzaga, home, Texas, neutral, at Stanford. Tennessee's wins are um, Virginia. That's better. Romped, romped Virginia. That's better than yeah. any win that BYU has. Beat okay. Xavier on a neutral. That's another beating, win. Uh, beating uh, Texas on a neutral is probably better than being Xavier on a neutral. Okay, so they got three top 50, right? They got three top 50. Yeah. BYU's got three top 50. And of the three wins that we're talking about for each team, Tennessee's win over Virginia is better than anything BYU has. Tennessee's losses, they have one, two, three, four, five outside of the top 50. That is exactly like BYU's. One, two, three, four, five outside of the top 50. Tennessee has um, all of its losses outside of the top 50 are inside the top 150. BYU has three outside of the top 150, and their second best player is hurt. Like so, if yeah, I, but but we have no, we have. I mean, I, you could say that BYU is not going to be as good without Collinsworth. We have no 
um, th- there's no evidence that that is actually true. I mean, we we can assume it, but they played fine against Gonzaga without him in the second half. I mean, they cut the lead by ten or twelve points. I, mean, I get, I get, I get what you're saying, but do you I know think any, that, any other team? If I took their second best player off, would you try to pretend they're as good? Do you think Kansas? No, I'm is not. Good? Not saying. I'm not saying, but I'm saying the committee's got to go based on what they've seen. They've had a chance to, um, you know, judge Colorado without Dinwiddie and Kansas without MB. They haven't had a chance to judge BYU. Without Collinsworth, and I think based on resume, BYU deserves a bid. I agree that ten seed is high, but I think they deserve to get in. Norlander, wait, you be the uh, the the, uh, the debate settler here. Well, I don't know if I'm going to settle anything, but um, in my opinion, uh, there were three egregious misseedings. BYU, New Mexico is not a seven. It's it's absolutely better than a yeah, seven, yeah. and UMass is not as good as a six. Um, BYU, in my opinion, should be going to Dayton barely, if that. Uh, there was a push this year. Um, for the committee to really hesitate to judge a team without a key player following an injury, and specifically with BYU. I'm not entirely certain how I feel about that. The fact the fact of the matter is when you lose a guy like that, it's going to impact your team. Borzello, you have a point in one half of basketball in the middle of a game. BYU still did manage to, I guess, not fall off the cliff, but I will say they lost the game. Hey, weren't, um, weren't they already I, off the cliff in that game? Like they were down the, a million. All yeah. I'm saying is that it's not it's not the committee's job to predict what's going to happen. And if they it say not. that BYU that, that is, is not going to be as good without Collinsworth, it's not them their predicting. job to predict what will they, happen. They, but they, it is their job to try and evaluate as best they can what a team is and what they've done with their resume. We do have this obviously. There's this forever tug and pull with okay, the the tournament is about what you've proven, and that's how you get seated. And that's why Louisville, which is clearly one of the six to eight best teams in the country, is not seated as such. Okay, there obviously there is a disparity. There there we're going to see that with vegas lines and we have these seedings where the higher seed is going to be clearly an underdog uh i don't think byu is anything close to a 10 uh i I don't think they're gonna have a chance against oregon personally that's just my deal real quick guys uh new mexico that's a joke um every year there's one that's just bizarre like oregon has a 12 last year they weren't anything close to a 12 they make the sweet 16 run uh lobo's team is is really talented we've seen what they've done this year they i've got them in the elite eight (laughs) wow Wow. Isn't it true, like, it's been like a million years since New Mexico's been to the Sweet 16? Isn't that one of the things they were hitting Alford with? Yeah, because it... Because it was with Alford, and I mean, they have. I mean, listen, and this, by the way, this is not new with New Mexico. They've had a, a few years in the past where they've been good and underseated, but I thought it was fair. This one, I think, is frankly not fair when you look at the numbers, what they've done, right. how well they played in, in conference. They've only lost twice since right. basically the past two months. Um, they have a win over Cincinnati. I just thought that was pretty bad. And then UMass is just not a six. I saw them in person. They're a solid team. I don't get that. Sometimes I feel like the committee, it goes through this process and it's very thorough. I'm not saying it's not thorough. They do their jobs. They take them seriously. They do it very well. But I'm telling you, from the mock selection stuff that we've done, I really feel like they get rushed on seating. And so you get situations here where you got a team in a weird spot like UMass, and it's almost just like they're like, ah, just just leave it. we got to deal with what we're going to do with this 8-9 game and, and what we're going to do with these 13s and 12 situations. So it wasn't brutal. And I think, by the way, guys, we've gotten better about not being outraged over stuff. I think that's good. I think it's uh, natural and, and fun to, to question some seeding stuff. But at least it's not like seven, eight years ago. I don't know if you guys agree or not. I felt like it was almost like you felt like you had to be outraged over the the snubs and whatever that's not this this year like smu 
Like, that was crazy, by the way. Okay, no one was onto this until, like, the final 36 hours. And then all of a sudden, everyone's like, eh, SMU, SMU, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Sure enough, they don't get in. Uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. NC State worthy being in, I have no idea. But you know what? I got them winning the game. So I think that's pretty interesting. And I like how we get a shock team every once in a while. Only two people, guys. In the bracket matrix, which tracked 95 predictions, only two people had NC State in the actually, field. It was, it was three out of 121, FYI. Oh. Okay, well. By, and by the way, I am outraged, but I'm outraged at Porzello <laughs> trying, trying to defend BYU. I know Fair that, enough. I, 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 the committee, once upon a time, I don't, I don't want to uh, go back to be a historian here, but Porzello, this might have been before your time. Uh, once, once, a, once upon a time, they, they docked Cincinnati. They had no evidence to... To drop I remember Cin- that, to, yeah. To drop that was C- fair. You were like four years old. They dropped Cincinnati. <laughs> um, and, uh, they had no evidence to do it, but you know what? They just used their heads, and they said they can't possibly be as good without Kenyon Martin. So we'll drop them. Now, I'm not saying Kyle Collinsworth is Kenyon Martin because he's not, but you take the second best player. He was like an All American then. He was so awesome. You have no idea how he was. Awesome yeah, he I mean, was. that was so clearly. I mean, you can't. Kenyon Martin, Martin is one of the Kenyon Martin is one of the baddest college basketball right. players I've ever seen. Now, some of that is because of where ridiculous. I lived and they were in the same league as, as Memphis. That dude. Yeah, he was he was freaking ridiculous, dude. He was, ridiculous. he was he was so good. And you know what? I remember people being like, you know, that a two's not good enough. Cincinnati should be a four or a five. Yeah. Uh, but we saw what they ended up uh, what they ended up doing. I'm just and listen, good for good for Dave Rose and good for like I had some guy email or, or tweet at me late last night. He was like, oh, you're just a BYU hater. Like, what are you talking? Like, why would I be a B- <laughs> who on earth? Like, with all you got a lot of stock in BYU. <laughs> yeah, like here's like, hating BYU. I'm always like, it's always so delicate, like dealing with with people like that. Like who think you're just a hate? Like I just want to always say, do you really think I think about BYU enough to be a BYU hater? Do you think anybody thinks about B? Unless outside of Utah fans, I guess. Like, what do you even thought BYU? No, I just look at their body of work, and I thought it was questionable to begin with. And when you take a key player off the team, I don't think they ought to be in. I don't hate BYU. I've been there multiple times. I think I've always had fun in Utah. Like what? Like I just don't get. I just don't think. I I thought also like in, in a job that is inherently difficult. The committee had an out with with BYU. Like they they yeah. they had a very like it's it, it's a little more difficult to argue against SMU because so many people think SMU ought to be in. Now I actually not I I, I find it hard to to muster sympathy for any bubble team because if you you know let, like listen beat Houston on a neutral court in your last game before Selection Sunday and you're fine. All right, so right. I, I I find it hard yeah. to feel sorry for those teams. Um, but but you know you got to at least debate that when if you're Ron Wellman or anybody else on the committee with BYU you had an easy out you just say listen they were a bubble team beforehand they suffered an unfortunate injury um, it's it's our job to try to put the best field we can together the best bracket we can together with Cal Collinsworth that might have been included them without them we just don't think it is and that's very difficult to argue with you'd have BYU fans upset but I don't think they would have been able to intelligently argue against that. Um, you know, yeah, anyway, whatever. We probably spent too much time talking about BYU. Um, I picked Wichita State as my national champion. People you are, did. I, I, yeah. I, I, you're I, doing it for attention, bro. You I, know what? Borzello, you're right. Because no one, no, you know what? Like, they're, they're, I can't blame GP for taking a team that hasn't lost yet to win it all. But are you, you might be the only one, by the way, Gary. Uh, that's fine. It seems and, to be. And listen, yeah. I didn't do it for attention. I did do I it know. for this. I did do it for this. First off, I decided I was going to do it before the bracket was even released. And then when I saw the bracket, okay. when I saw <laughs> when I when I saw the bracket, I was like, "Damn it!" You know, because <laughs> because I, I was like, "God, they got to go through Kentucky, Louisville, and then neither Duke or Michigan to get to the Final Four. Jesus. Uh, but um, 
I didn't do it for attention. I did it because I'm already uh, – my heels are dug in. You're on all Wichita in. State. Yeah, you're, all, you're all, all in. I'm all in on Wichita State. So I'm you're pot as, committed. Yeah. yeah, I'm pot committed. That's exactly the right phrase to use. I'm pot committed on Wichita State. Beyond that, here's the thing that's funny. Had I picked Kansas, nobody would have blinked. Michigan State, nobody would have blinked. Louisville, nobody would have blinked. Florida, nobody would have blinked. Arizona, nobody would have blinked. Duke or Michigan, I don't think anybody would have really blinked. But when you pick Wichita State, even though Wichita State is technically in Vegas, the fifth most likely team to win the whole thing, people are still just startled by that. I thought we were kind of past that, but clearly, no but clearly we're not, right? It just Listen, there's only like two teams in the country that have top ten offenses and defenses, according to Ken Palm, which takes into account strength of schedule. Wichita State's one of them. I don't – listen, yeah. the odds are stacked against everybody. Like, you know, it doesn't matter who you pick. You are statistically on the wrong side of a bet. But Wichita State is, for the most part, if you just trust nothing more than computer numbers, smart computer numbers, they're just as reasonable a pick as anybody else. So why not roll with them? Where do you have them losing, Borsello? Which is I have them losing Louisville in the Sweet Sixteen. I, do. I, I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people are going to have them losing. A lot there. of people have that. I almost did that, but I thought no. I I have them. I have them going out to Duke. So that's going to be interesting. By the way, I don't have Kentucky winning their game. Everyone just yeah. everyone wants. To we we we've, we've had this sort of thing in the past. I think UConn got an eight or nine that one year, exactly and they were going right. to gonna play Kentucky. Yep. Uh, and then they lost to Iowa State. And I yep, think exactly. a couple of years ago, maybe it happened with like Wake Forest or Georgia Tech or the, something. The, yes. con- the Connecticut team is the exact yeah. Right. One. The Connecticut team was like had, this Kentucky's team. Yeah. It had Andre Drummond, and it had right. all those great pieces, and they got put in the eight nine game, and it was like, oh man, they're going to be like, ooh, that's a scary out for a one, and they never got to even yeah. play the one. It is funny, like. Um, I, I did joke. It, it was just a joke. I didn't mean it sincerely. Like when Kentucky lost at home to Arkansas, I was like, they're going to be the most talented eight seed ever. And people are like, oh, you're out of your mind. And here they mm-hmm. are. Um, but I did, you know, we, we've talked about on this podcast, the idea that they could be an eight and get put in a regional with Wichita State. And I was not planning necessarily to go anywhere uh, this later this week. Now I'm going to St. Louis because I, I think you got to be there for a potential. First off, Wichita State's a massive story. Kentucky's always a massive story. And, and the idea that they could play on Sunday is I, – I, I wrote this, and, and keep in mind I was half uh, asleep when I wrote it, but correct me if I'm wrong. Has there been a more on-paper compelling matchup in the round of 32 in recent years in modern history than a preseason number one team with a record recruiting class playing the Missouri Valley Conference undefeated Wichita State Shocker? Has there been anything on paper more compelling than that? No, not at all. I mean, I'd love to see it, but I'm telling you, I remember. remember Yeah, here's the other point. And and I I, I pick Kentucky because, uh, with all due respect to Kansas State, I want to see Kentucky and Wichita State on the court together. I just, that's a better, that's a more interesting, compelling, get 20 million viewers or whatever type of game. You're a Kansas State hater. And I'm a Kansas State hater, just like I'm a BYU (laughs) hater. People, people really, I'm surprised it took people this long to catch on that I am a Kansas State and BYU hater. Um, uh, but but uh, when's the last time, and this is a rhetorical question, but you can answer it if you want, when's the last time Kentucky beat somebody as good as Kansas State? Uh, Louisville would December be December 28th, Louisville. <laughs> That's it. Uh, and by the way, K-State has beaten Oklahoma State, George Washington, Kansas, Iowa State. So uh, K-State's proven itself. I mean, if, if, if the tournament was held in Manhattan, Kansas, Kansas State would be like a two seed. But they haven't. The best, the best team they beat away from home was Texas Tech. 
back okay. in February. But uh, less, uh, yeah. Apparently, Kentucky's ticked off, which is, you know what? It took them long enough. You know, they should have been ticked off when they lost, you know, two months ago. So if they want to play aggressive, if they want to play angry, then then I'm all for it. Uh, remember, you are listening to the Island College Basketball Podcast brought to you by Squarespace, where you can easily create your own professional website or online portfolio. Sportspa- uh, Squarespace is constantly improving its platform with new features, new designs, and even better support. It's easy to use, but they still have amazing support teams available 24-7. It all starts at just 8 bucks a month. You start a free trial with no credit card required, which means you can start building your website today when you decide to sign up for Squarespace. Remember to make sure you use the offer code FUN to get 10% off and show your support for the Ion College Basketball uh, Podcast. All right, let's wrap this up. We both got, we all got a million bazillion things to do. Let's finish it uh, with uh, three round of 64 games that we're most looking uh, forward to presented by Squarespace. Borzello, I'll start with you. What round of 64 game are you most looking forward to? Uh, Stephen F. Austin and VCU, both teams, I think they rank in the top three in a defensive turnover percentage. Hip, hipster pick. Uh, yeah. Um, and, but VCU, <laughs> hey, it, no, that yeah. is a good game, GP. That is not a hipster pick. Oh, I'm looking forward to the... Uh, oh, yeah. Well, you're not looking forward to it at all? You're not looking forward to seeing if VCU can beat a team that's won 29 in a row? I think that's pretty of course, awesome. No, it is. They got, yeah, no, is it 29? I thought it was 28. It's, it's 28. Okay, yeah. 28, whatever. Uh, oh, Norlander, the idea that I've got Stephen F. Austin's winning streak down and you don't, is, it, <laughs> that, that's, that, you should be embarrassed. I am. <laughs> no, that's a great game. Like, yeah, of course, VS, VCU, Stephen F. Austin. I, I'm fine with it. Yeah. What, who are you picking then, Borzello? I got Stephen F. Austin. I think uh, they take care of the ball. Veteran team, experienced team. Uh, uh, yep, they're going to get VCU in a half-court game, and it's it's going to be struggle city for VCU. Let me ask you this, then, um, on behalf of VCU fans. What did Shaka Smart do to make you hate him? <laughs> Uh, he doesn't wear a jacket when he coaches. It bothers me. That's fine. That's fine. I wouldn't wear a jacket when I coach <laughs> okay. either. Uh, 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 Norlander, what round of 64 game are you looking forward to? Um, I would say that one is the one I'm most looking forward to. I actually have Stephen F. Austin in the Sweet 16 because I'm on drugs, and really, why not? Um, I I would say beyond that one, Mm. Pick one, bro. Yeah, pick and, uh, one for crying out. There's 32 games to pick from. We got I things to do. I absolutely love the NCAA tournament, by the Michigan way. Michigan State, Delaware. You're looking forward to I'm that going, one. I'm going, no. I'm surprised Borzello, a Delaware grad, didn't say it. I'm gonna, they're going to get, they're gonna you know, get crushed way, by about 50. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to Dayton, Ohio State, because yeah. Ohio State won't schedule. Okay, whatever, Borsello. <laughs> Ohio, Ohio State refuses to schedule Dayton. I like when the committee actually forces teams to do this. And, by the way, Dayton's got a guy named Jordan Seibert who can really shoot. The irony is Ohio State could really use a shooter. Um, so I think that one's an intriguing one overall. Um, but, really, it's that in Louisville, Manhattan. I just I want to see how that one plays out. You know well. that Jordan Seibert's a transfer from Ohio State? That's what I said. Oh, I thought you just said he was a good shooter. I didn't, I didn't know you said he transferred from Ohio State. Yes, I said he was. he's a good shooter that Ohio State could use, but he plays for Dayton and he's a transfer. If I didn't say transfer... You didn't say transfer. I was okay, my, my B, my B. Yo, hey, real quick, before you say yours, GP. Oh, God, um, you don't know that he transferred from Ohio State. You don't know that no, Stephen F. Austin hey, no, won 20 real quick. games. So, How so did the, you even get this job? The, Oh my god! The other one that I think no one like everyone just presumes Oklahoma, and I do too. Oklahoma State's going to beat Gonzaga. That one interests me. But we giving Gonzaga any chance on that one? By the way, sure, it's a basketball game. I, 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 I'm, I'm just saying. God, you're the worst, man. 
<laughs> Why are you picking on Norlander today? <laughs> I'm not. He's taking too much. He's taking two games, and he only picked one. He's taking too much time. Oh, unbelievable. He's got to go on on a freaking online show. It's the biggest, uh, you know, pod discussion of the year. I'm just bummed that we, you know, we're squeezed here. So I'm trying to get as much in as possible. Go ahead, JP. Uh, I think I'm looking forward to actually Kentucky Kansas State. Um, it, it, uh, you know, just because, um, the. To me, that's gonna the Kentucky crowd like these round like this is one of the things I don't know that people realize if you don't go to these games the round of sixty four games it's not like you're in eighteen thousand seat packed arenas typically like it's not always the case but anytime Kentucky plays it's going to be the case so the environment will be terrific and um, and then of course you're sitting around waiting for them to get the opportunity uh, in theory to play uh, a Wichita State team so um, Kentucky Kansas State I, I think and I, I'm on board with you guys we've all. Not all, because I guess Norlanders picked Kansas State, but most people have picked Kentucky, and we're, we're just spending a lot of time focused on, you know, a potential round of 32 game. But uh, there's no lot that the Wildcats are going to actually get past Kansas State. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward uh, to that. Norlander, you got anything else you want to say before we go? Well, before we hang anything up here, get wrong? We, should, we, should probably give our, <laughs> we should probably give our final fours. Okay, mine, 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 Kansas, Michigan State, Wichita State, and the Creighton Blue Jays. We have none of the same teams. Oh, I, you know what? And this is, I think Norlander, a minute ago, he was talking, you were talking about, who did you say you had in the Sweet 16, Norlander? Uh, Stephen F. Austin. Right, okay, and then you backed it with why not. I, I think that is the, that's the answer for anything that yeah. happens in this NCAA tournament. Why not? Like, there, <laughs> there is, all, in most years, if we ask for our Final Fours, we would copy at least two teams. Like, everybody had Louisville last year in the final. In the, in, in the six people that picked the champion for CBSSports.com, we have five different champions. Right. Like, that is very, very rare. And so, I do, too. And so, uh, it, A, it means that the, these, you know, I thought the bracket, I thought the unveiling of the bracket was just awesome. I think looking at the bracket right now is awesome because we could all conclude different things. And then I, I really do think this this first week, you know, starting, I guess, tomorrow, but, but really Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is just going to be awesome because – there's nothing crazy that's going to happen. Like, Wichita State is, is statistically unlikely to get to the Final Four. I recognize that. There's nothing crazy about them getting there. Same no. can be said for Iowa State or Virginia or Florida or Kansas or Syracuse even, Creighton, whatever. And so um, I'm not surprised that we don't have the same teams. Um, I think that's what's going to make this uh, next few weeks a, a lot of fun. What are your teams again, Borzello? I have Florida, Iowa State, Arizona, Louisville. In title, who do you have winning? I have Florida beating Louisville in the title game. By the way, Parrish, you were supposed to be the the kind of the pilot for the Iowa State bandwagon. You jumped off of it. I um. That's a great point. God damn! Why did you bring I that up? I told you I should have been the pilot. The mayor the has been outed. Oh no! I yes. should have just you being the mayor, not Hoiberg. The problem. The problem because I, I just felt like me going Creighton, Wichita State, the Iowa State, all in the same Final Four. Like You're a weirdo. that would have that would have made me look like a weirdo. So it I been, uh, that been a hipster pick, right? It would have been something, right? So okay, I had Kansas and Wichita in the championship game, which would be terrific for a variety of reasons, and Wichita winning it all because I am I'm I'm just go Shockers. What do you got, Norlander? I got we we're similar here, so I got Kansas as well, and I have uh geez, I don't even know. I Michigan Jeez. State. Oh God! <laughs> I, just, just screwing with you guys. So I got Kansas. I got Michigan State. Uh, I've got Creighton, yeah. and I've got Duke over Wichita State in the Elite Eight, Duke for the Final Four, and I've got Kansas 
over Creighton. I think they're the two most entertaining teams to watch. They're the two teams I like to watch the most. I think uh, it, it could be a pretty... Pretty, pretty fun. But I think Embiid's going to be back for the Sweet 16. That's I'm picking. They're not going to beat New Mexico, so it doesn't matter. Hey, Norlander, Jersey Shore is entertaining. Why don't you put them in the Final Four? <laughs> You're entertaining. Why don't I put you in the Final Four? Put me in the Final Four. Exactly. At least, I know, at least I know how many games Stephen. Do you have any won. other ridiculous picks, GP? Like for instance, I have Arizona State no. beating Michigan. Do you have anything? Uh, no. That dumb? Uh, I have. Uh, I have. I had. I got Tennessee in the round of 32 coming out of the the quote play-in game. Ditto. But I don't think that's ridiculous. I think Tennessee. Yeah, I think Tennessee is going to be favored over Iowa and favored over uh, over UMass. Or UMass. I, have, I have both Villanova and Kansas getting knocked out in the round of thirty-two. Oh, why do you hate Jay Wright and Bill Self? Because why not? Because why not? They're, they're, they're too well dressed. They are too well dressed. All right, I gotta go. Listen, I know we, you we, do. <laughs> we've been here long enough. I appreciate you guys uh, joining me on this Monday. I appreciate everybody. Uh, listening to the podcast, reading what we write. You can find everything over at cbssports.com, interacting with us on Twitter. Remember, you can subscribe to the Ion College Basketball Podcast on iTunes. Make sure you do that. It's the quickest way to get your hands on the latest episodes. We will do this. Hey, listen, let me go ahead and settle this uh, with you guys right now. Um, I-, I think we should do this um, regularly over the next few weeks. And I don't mean like me go out and grab, although the other guests from outside the company have been terrific. Um, I, I think I'd rather just talk to you guys over the next few you weeks. You want to talk to me? Yeah. That's fine. I, yeah. Uh, I, I'm not sure about Norlander. If he can't get some of his facts straight going forward. Okay. Can you get your No, I'm, I'm, yeah, GP. All I right, can, listen, I... listen. Borzello and I are going to plan on doing this together. <laughs> if you, you just, you just I, let me know. I want you to study a little bit, study a little bit, Get your, get your facts together, and then assuming that you'll do the job I know you're capable of doing, I'll invite you right back in. Hey, I'll be waiting for that phone call. No, I, I'm going to call you. I'll text message as soon as this is over. So uh, we'll be back uh, later on uh, this week. Enjoy the games, and uh, take care of yourself.